0: Coming up on today's show, the Saints hand the Rams their first loss of the season. James Conner continues his incredible season and has Oakland already quit on John Gruden. Plus, the Chiefs keep rolling and a wild story about Jamarcus Russell. And Nathan Peterman is at it again. All that and much, much more on a jam-packed episode of the Tomahawk Show.
1: Welcome to the Tomahawk Show presented by Uninterrupted. Listen, make sure you interact with us, interact with everybody on the show at Tomahawk Show on Instagram, at Tomahawk Show on Twitter. I'm here joined, as always, by the humblest of co-hosts in all of media, Joe Thomas. Joe, how are you doing today, man?
0: I'm doing great. It's a great pleasure to see your beautiful face again on this uh, beautiful day in history. Yes. and a uh, pretty exciting weekend in sports um kind of a fun weekend to be an nfl fan a lot of good matchups i think this was probably uh a weekend of the best matchups we've seen in a while so it was mm-hmm. fun i i was in cleveland for the browns game um, unfortunately that did not go the browns way the way we uh, had hoped with a new coach new offensive coordinator but uh <laughs> it was still fun being an nfl fan and being in cleveland and kind of seeing the uh, the changes that are happening in Cleveland firsthand.
1: What was the feeling like? because I wasn't in Cleveland obviously, but what what was the what was the air like in Cleveland and and the players you're around being around for an office, being around the coaches on the field, et cetera. I would say overall is really
0: positive. I think they are naturally drawn to Greg Williams. Um, he's a motivator. they they find him interesting. The things that come out of his mouth are very <laughs> unique and uh, they, they will wake you up for sure. If uh, you don't know much about Greg Williams, he's got a good way of connecting with players. Not only just like the grab-your-face-mask-and-shake-you type wake-you-up, but he says a lot of really interesting, funny stuff. And uh, I think he'll be a great option as the uh, interim coach the rest of the season. But there was a lot of optimism, I think. It seems like... And Zerm maybe can talk about this a little bit. I think the fans in Cleveland had already given up on Hugh probably going into the season. Maybe after the 115 season. And so really it was uh, it was going to be a tough sell for him the rest of the way here for uh, Cleveland fans. Unless he just drastically won almost every game and took him right to the playoffs. And since right. they'd struggled a little bit lately, I think there was a pretty loud murmur, uh, we'll say, from Cleveland fans to to get rid of Hugh. And so now that they finally did fire Hugh, it seems like the fans are maybe more positive towards the team because I yeah. think generally speaking, from a fan's perspective, this is not you and me speaking. Obviously, everybody knows we're big Hugh Jackson fans. No. But um, from a fan's perspective, I think they were like, good. All right, now we can finally start working with John Dorsey, getting ready for him to pick his coach so that they can put all the pieces in place of whatever John Dorsey's regime is going to look like. And we can kind of start moving forward in that direction because until he had hired a head coach, everyone kind of knew that the marriage between uh, John Dorsey and Hugh Jackson was an arranged marriage. And it (laughs) was always work out. Yeah. It was one of those things where unless, Hugh won the Super Bowl every year. Eventually, John was going to want to get his own head coach in there so that he could have all those guys under him and have all of his people in order working uh, in the direction that he sees fit to run an NFL team.
1: And we'll get to that. I I don't want to jump too heavy into the Browns. Yeah, let's not do that. Yeah, now that we're 37 minutes in. uh, (laughs) What is your schedule for the the weekend? Do you fly into Cleveland Saturday evenings?
0: Yeah. So typically I'll get in Saturday night and then Sunday morning I get up and, um, read the Tomahawk news, which is always, uh, there's yes. a lot of news going around on our social oh, pages so at Tomahawk show. News. There's always some good memes out there. Thanks to Maddie memes, but I'll usually get to the stadium about 11. I do like a silly weather report that has a shred of truth to it. And then <laughs> I do like the local, uh, Browns radio and TV show for like the pregame countdown. Um, and then, you know, I, I meet with guys like Andrew Hawkins, you know, the big wigs in the business the big community in Cleveland for the first half, go around and kind shake hands in the butter. suites and, and uh, pretend I'm Andrew Hawkins. You know, it's funny when I, when I walk into those suites and it's all Browns fans, it's, you know, like the 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 high-end people in the business community in Cleveland. And they see me and they go, oh, man, I really wish it was Andrew Hawkins that was coming in here to say hi. But yeah. I guess, uh, you know, if it's not Andrew and it's not Chomps – I guess Joe Thomas will do, and Joe Thomas will do begrudgingly take a photo with me. Usually, hey, could you send it to Andrew
1: Hawkins when you get done? Thanks, (laughs) appreciate it.
0: You know what? I'm a little disappointed. I thought you and Hawk (laughs) always traveled together. I thought he (laughs) would just come in your front pocket. Yeah, you just roll them up and you slid them into your front pocket like like so. Pull
1: them out. Wait, no, (laughs) yeah. Fern, what you got going this weekend, man? Bro, what do you do with your life? Like, we don't, <clears throat> I feel like we don't really know anything about you.
2: Like, That's it. I, is, just sit, I just sit at this table um, for 24, just 24-7, <laughs> just right here at this table. Just wait for the next show to come on? And then I just wait for the next show. I'm like, what day is it? What time is it? When is the next show? Um, my main job is I work at ESPN Cleveland, which uh, Joe Thomas also appears on every now and then. Joe, wow. you're or, So we're kind of
1: all ESPN people.
2: We are. You are definitely airing it out media
1: style, Joe. But I right. continue firm. I'm Can't actually
0: full time. Hang on, I'm a full time employee of NFL Network. I hope you guys know. They even are give me right? health benefits. If I didn't get them from the NFL, I could be getting it from the NFL Network. It, even though I only have 15 dates for an entire calendar year with them. They have uh, put me on salary. <laughs> you are a full time
1: employee with full-time. NFL
0: Network. Actually, it was oh, I don't know if fans really care about this, but it was kind of a little bit of a fight because I wanted to be an independent contractor. Which, um, as you know, Hawk, you get like a much favorable tax treatment if you're working as an independent contractor, which I am. I'm only working 15 days in a year for NFL Network. And I don't need their health insurance because we get as former players. Yeah. Well, as as former players, we get five years of health care from the NFL. So I don't need them to buy me health insurance. But uh, apparently their legal department is tough, you know, as we know. The NFL is made up of nothing but lawyers, from uh, Roger yes. Dell on down.
1: Thirty-two coaches and seven hundred and sixty-one <laughs> lawyers, and so <laughs> they they wouldn't hire me on as
0: an independent contractor, and they they forced me to be a an employee. Which now I get screwed because I don't get the better tax treatment, and I can't take their medical anyway. So, uh, but we
1: rich digress. Rich people problems. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't need all this health care. I already have four
2: health cares. <laughs>
1: I need the tax break. What is going on?
2: exactly all right For what else you do man uh yeah. joe if you want to transfer that uh, nfl network healthcare over to me that'd be great <laughs> um
0: i wish i could do that i wish it yeah. was like some type of asset that you could transfer like a gold bar yeah. like that would be great if they just paid you in gold bars like here's your health insurance
1: one gold bar and then here's your salary <laughs>
0: another gold bar and then i could do with it what i want but like health insurance that i can't use is worthless
1: <laughs> like trip. Hey, I get paid. every. I have three health insurances as well because I have three different jobs. <laughs> the NFL, ESPN, and my role at uninterrupted. And When I get sick, I actually make money because I have so much health care. <laughs> oh, here's a hundred bucks.
0: <laughs> he, he heals himself with a 12-pack of Mountain Dew
1: and then he goes to the doctor and asks right. for a paycheck back. But they pay me because I have
2: 37 health cares to put in the system. Anyway, firm. Continue. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, main job is working for ESPN Cleveland. Uh, so this weekend we did a, I did a radio show after the Ohio State game. Um, I do that occasionally on uh, on the weekend. Sometimes I do a, a radio show on Saturday mornings as well. Um, I was also at the Browns game yesterday as a fan. Went with the went with the fam. It was like weirdly warm. I thought I was gonna get sunburned. Oh, like the sun whoop. was out all day. It was incredible. The sun was out in November in Cleveland. It was a big deal. What? Um, yesterday was kind of fun because, um, you know, Kareem Hunt uh, played at Toledo, and he's from the area. And Travis Kelsey is uh, went to the same high school I went to. So uh, Really? You know, he did, yes. You guys are both from Cleveland Heights? We are both Cleveland Heights High School alum. Cool. Um, so it was. Uh, I actually before the game, I went to a a tailgate that was like friends and family and people of Travis Kelsey, and it was like a big wow. Cleveland reunion. It was like a big Cleveland Heights reunion. So it was. Uh, that's why was, him and Kareem Hunt went off. That's why they. That's why they had five combined touchdowns. And here's ruined. the
1: key to fantasy football: if you just add people into the lineup that are playing back in their hometowns, you would win any fantasy matchup every week. Because I don't know if there's a more motivated person than someone who's playing in front of the girl. That told them they would be nothing. <laughs> that is like the Sounds like you've
0: had experience motivation. with that. Play a lot of games in Jonestown. Do you ever see a story, Hawk? Look at
3: town? me now. Yeah,
0: no. it's oh, good. Zerm, so yeah. how did the interaction with you and Travis go after the game? We're like, Trav, it's me, the firm. You remember <laughs> from high school, the Tomahawk show? And then he was like, oh, yeah, buddy. It's been so long. What's going on? How are the, the pass is good. Did you get the uh, there, so, tickets that I left with you uh, at Will Call?
2: Uh, <laughs> <So> look, <laughs> give us I'm a not, little taste. There were no charity handouts. All right, I went on my own merit. Um, huh? I didn't actually. Uh, I didn't see Travis at all. Um, he was not at the. Uh, he was not at the pregame tailgate or anything like and that. I broke did a game.
1: Oh really? A I broke game to prepare
2: for family tailgate. From, All right. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't pop by, but. Uh, Actually, J- his older brother, Jason, came by because um, they're on a bye week. So his older, his Jason old... from the Eagles. Yes. From <laughs> Phil- the from oh, Kelsey no. fame. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a, it was fun. There was a lot of like guys. I was one year older than Travis. I mean, you're younger than Jason. So there were a lot of uh, a lot of people from my high school that I hadn't seen in a while that were there. So, uh, so that was cool. But no, there were no handouts being given. All right. I walked my way to the stadium on oh. my own merit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so does that mean were you tight with the Kelsey's? Like in high school if if they saw you on the street today, would they stop and say hi or they keep walking?
2: Um uh, Jason would probably keep walking. I know Travis more professionally than I do like personally. I knew him, um I knew him in high school., uh, we didn't we we weren't hanging out. He was a little cooler. He was playing basketball and football and I was playing tennis. so um, <laughs> yeah. but. Uh, I've done um I've not, done not some. a lot of overlap in high school between those two. You no, didn't squads. come to any of my tennis matches, it was rude. <laughs> like, bro, you come into the tennis rat? It's gonna be well, lit. that was
0: that was your opportunity to kind of bring that up. Like how that you still have a little beef about that. Like, hey buddy, you never came and saw me on the <laughs> tennis court, buddy.
2: I invited you every day, three PM after school. You never came.
1: Let's <laughs> see you going to Serena's games all of a sudden. Oh now you're a tennis
2: fan, Mr. Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: um, uh, okay. So yeah,
2: my relationship with him is more. Uh, I've done a couple things for past jobs. We we did some interviews and stuff with him. So I know I actually know him more like after we graduated from high school than I did when I was actually in high school with him.
1: Hmm. That's good. That's good. I was uh Anybody like level up after high school? Joe was always Mister Everything in high school. I feel like Nat, I don't know what your high school situation was.
4: Oh, I'm way cooler now than I was in high school.
1: <laughs> yeah. Really.
4: Well, no, just in a sense of like. But
1: we don't mean to be so surprised. Now.
4: <laughs> I know that Whoa, reaction what? was not what this I was a expecting. Cool version of you? <laughs> no, the only thing that I was cool in high school was for ba- was for basketball cuz I was like the only senior on my team and I was I was real, I was pretty good in high school, so oh. That was pretty much it, but Let's... now it's like I have a cool job and this, is that, mm. so I'm cooler yeah. now.
0: <laughs> you rub elbows with guys like LeBron and Andrew Hawkins all day. <laughs> exactly.
4: <Okay.
0: Yeah. laughs> so what were, the, what were the stat lines in, in high school? You said you were a pretty good basketball stat player. Stat
4: lines, I averaged like 17 points a game.
0: What? <laughs> wow.
4: Yeah, I was like first team all league and everything.
0: Oh my gosh. That was putting up buckets,
4: man. <laughs> I'm not lying.
0: Yeah, I've never met you in person. How tall are you?
4: I'm 5'7. Five 5'7? Seven. Five seven? Yeah, I'm like average.
0: So you were you were yeah. like a small guard. Me
4: too. Yeah, I, I was like a two
1: reads. guard. Just 17 points. How many points did you average a game, Joe?
0: Me? I was a solid like 12 points and like 10 rebounds. Four or five. Double, double,
1: double, 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 double
4: average. I, I mean, there was never a
1: game I didn't have a double, double. beat 14 and you only averaged 12 points a game. <laughs> hey, I played with a lot of ball hogs. So
0: I will say my most. <laughs> My most uh, favorite stat from my high school basketball days was I was a 65% shooter because all those shots were within two feet and 75% free throw shooter. All the shots
3: were within two feet.
0: But I 20 like twice in my career. It was was, uh, very embarrassing for a guy as tall as
1: myself. I didn't play my senior year in high school, but as a junior, I averaged 16 and 7.
0: Oh, nice. Coach must have been so mad when you decided not to play as a senior.
1: No, it was weird because... So I like was at that. I always thought I would be a basketball player. Obviously, I didn't grow past five, seven. And it was at that point, I'm like, you know, I'm probably better off long term in in football that season. Like I was like really into football. I'm going to get this scholarship, play my final year. It's going to be all good. I broke my ankle like week six or seven of the season. And by the time I came back, it was already like probably six, seven games into the basketball season. I didn't have to have surgery or anything, but it was like I was one hundred and like thirty eight pounds. I was like, okay, <laughs> I probably should play basketball. I should probably get in the weight room if I'm going to try to make a run at this Division One football thing. And that's what I did. I just didn't play went my first love basketball my senior year to put all my eggs in the football. And
2: <laughs> here I am, Joe. <laughs> Top of the world. Um, Nat, I got to ask, were you a three-point sniper? You look you look to me like somebody who is a three-point sniper.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was. <laughs> Seventeen points, you gotta be, you gotta be hitting. Yeah. getting yeah. buckets from range. It was a lot of threes. Did you do like a? Did you have like a, a shooting coach when you were a kid?
4: No, I got cut from my freshman team. I was oh, like the
1: Jordan story. It is. She's, it's has got no, the Michael, really Jordan. Though, like, so Michael Jordan of women's NJ. basketball here.
4: I was a late bloomer. So quick backstory: I did mm. competitive gymnastics my whole life growing up, from like three years old to seventh grade. So competitive gymnastics is so intense. Like I would practice every day. I would get to leave school early in middle school to go to gymnastics. I had, I got to skip PE and everything, three hour practices, one hour conditioning, four hour practices on Saturdays. Like it's very intense. So I didn't, I didn't really have a life outside of that growing up. So once middle school came, it was like kind of the decision factor of, okay, you're either going to really take this to the next level or you're going to stop, you're going to quit. So it was, that decision had to be made and my parents were on the side of, you should stop, you should do other things, like, Mm -hmm, you know, have a life, try other sports. So I never did any other sports growing up. So I had no experience in, like everyone grows up playing soccer or baseball or whatever. I you had no experience. So I did gymnastics the whole time. I was very that was my life. So in 7th grade, seven, I
1: feel like you were too big for gymnastics. Am I wrong? No. Nope. That's that's on the upper edge.
4: Yeah, it is on the upper edge. Everyone's small, but it's not too big. It's just okay. not really average. So yeah, in 7th grade. I, I, I would think 5'7
0: is like the worst height for a woman because you're too tall to be a gymnast and you're too short to be a basketball. Like as far as sports goes like 5'7 is like ah you're too short but you're like way too tall for gymnastics and for like, women you, and you can be
4: short ball. and play basketball though yeah like there are uh, a lot of basketball players that are shorter than me like Earl, Earl quick point guards. I
1: mean come on <laughs> <laughs> Muggsy folks you ever heard of them jokes
0: Just... Andrew and Natalie are the same height
1: <laughs> 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 we both used to be world class gymnasts <laughs> 7 foot there was a kid this is Completely random, but it it comes to my mind because he sent me a video of him in the dunk contest. But he went to, my nephew went to Cincinnati Moeller Powerhouse Football School. Mm. And this kid is the son of one of my old, two of my old, well, the son of one of my old coaches and the nephew of another one. His name is Jackson Hayes. So he's a kid when I played for the Bengals. And again, Coach Hayes has been there forever. So his son literally would be around. He was friends with my nephew since he was like four or five. They go into high school. He's like 5'10 going into high school. And my other nephew's, like, six foot, so he's taller than him. My other nephew ends up growing to be 6'3 and goes on to Penn State. Well, early on, like, at Moeller, everyone's trying to be football players. So he's, like, going to camps, and he's, like, some rangely kid. He grows to, like, 6'2, and it's, like, he's, like, really awkward-looking receiver. And then he goes to 6'4, and within a year and a half, the dude grows to seven feet tall. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? <laughs> Insan- insanity. God. He had to quit football because he outgrew it. He didn't start on his basketball team until he was a senior, and his <laughs> senior year he got offered by like Kentucky, oh Ohio. My State. God. He, he signs with the University of Texas. He sends me this video. He's doing a windmill from the free throw line. So now his athletic ability has caught up with him. He's a seven foot kid, wingspan crazy, and I forget who the analyst was from ESPN, but he tweeted yesterday. He said, "I've been to thirty plus programs around the country." The best long-term NBA prospect I've seen is Jackson Hayes wow. at the University of Texas. So this kid, literally, he was five ten as a freshman. He's seven foot now, and he's gonna. <laughs> everyone's gonna hear about him very soon because he's like. What's a, uh, Hawk? What year is he? He's a freshman. He's a true freshman this year. Oh my goodness. Year. And he's at he's at Texas. He's at Texas. Oh, I, man. I'm gonna post a video on social of this dunk. His mom was a, a McDonald's all American basketball player. His oh, dad wow. and his uncle both played in the mm-hmm. NFL, NFL. There
2: are some between like him, that uh, Zion Williamson and then um, this dude for Oregon Bowl Bowl, who's seven foot two oh, and he's yeah. shooting threes. Bol's son. Yes. And this dude was hitting like multiple three pointers the other night. Like college of basketball freshmen this year are out of their minds. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: He's wow. like seven two. All right. he is, he's literally 7 2. Right. We should
1: probably get into the show here. <laughs> let's start out. Let's, let's talk a little bit of football. We got New Orleans handing the Rams their first loss of the season. Michael Thomas went off for 211. Uh, he also paid tribute to Joe Horn by pulling a cell phone at the goalpost, which we'll get to. Don't know how I feel about that. What, what were you guys' take on this game? Did you guys watch it? Were you hard pass here? This is kind of the matchup of the day. I felt like, from team's perspective.
0: So I didn't get to see the game, unfortunately, because when I'm out in Cleveland, a lot of times I have uh, other duties around the Browns game. So I didn't really get to watch this game. But um, looking back on it, it doesn't really change my perspective on either one of these teams while, when I watch the highlights and I look at the box score, um, which most people say, like, how could you have any opinion on the game if you didn't watch it? But here, here's my point. If, if you would have asked me before the game what I thought the outcome was going to be, I would say... Being that it was in New Orleans, it seemed like it was a much bigger game for the Saints and their fans than it was for the Rams. Um, I would have said, you know, I think the Saints are going to win in a close-ish game. But to me, the Saints are going to win. Does that not make them a better team? It just means in that environment with what the stakes were going into that game, I felt like the Saints were going to win. And uh, they did. So they won in exactly the same form that I expected. However... Um, It doesn't change the fact that I think the Rams are the better team overall. I think if they play in a neutral site with sort of uh, the same thing on the line, I still think the Rams are going to win. My concern with the Rams is that eventually they're going to have to stop somebody. They've got this great offense. They've got this great quarterback, this great running back, this uh, incredible receiving core that's catching all sorts of passes and all sorts of touchdowns for Jared Goff. But – at at some point they are going to have to stop somebody. And I know they had this great defense going into the year, but it seems like injuries have hurt their secondary a little bit. And when they play against a quarterback like Drew Brees, who's going to throw the ball in 0.02 seconds, almost every time the pass rush has no way to affect the game because he's just getting rid of the ball too quickly. And so they need somebody in that secondary to be able to cover a little bit longer to give those guys a chance to affect the game. Otherwise that ball's just going to be coming out quick all day. They're not going to be able to stop anybody. And Aaron, it's hard on an offense to play a flawless game to keep up with a, a great offense like the Saints.
1: Aaron Donald was so frustrated trying to get to the quarterback because he was getting the ball out so fast, dude. You could just tell he was like, <laughs> this is peeing me off so, so much. And it was, you know, this is again, this is a matchup. Everybody, these are the best two teams in the NFC, the lead uh, Super Bowl contenders from from that Side of the the conference, and it, they completely neutralized the D line. Mike Thomas went off. What did you think about the Mike Thomas celebration? Did you you had to see it in the? yeah replay by now what are your what are your thoughts pretty good you know
0: generally speaking i like the celebrations i like when people get excited when it's uh, a little bit organic obviously he knew there was a cell phone in there so it wasn't an organic like you put it in both goalposts. Yeah, celebration of the moment Uh, (laughs) um but i like the nod to like previous awesome celebrations the joe horn pulling out the cell phone i thought that was cool sometimes the ones that i don't like are the ones that are like choreographed and there's like eight or nine guys that quick run over there and they kind of go through the motions and do like a lame celebration because they feel like they have to what
4: like the Seahawks, Seahawks did?
0: did like a completely oh choreographed my God. we like got to
2: talk about that Seahawks one real it quick was, though before we continue was. I just so Joe Horn actually um had a statement about Michael Thomas's homage to him he said when I saw him bring out that cell phone it brought a tear to my eye for him <laughs> yeah. to say for him to pay homage to me in that way, let me know what kind of man Michael Thomas is. So Joe Horn was all wow. about. It. He apparently was just like crying at home watching the celebration. So
1: he's just happy he's back in the headlines, man. It's been a long
0: time for my man Joe. Well, I, I think the uh, the buried lead right there is that w- w- this uh, celebration speaks to his manhood and uh, what type yeah. of a father he is. Uh, uh, wow, I didn't it's realize deep. it goes that deep.
1: It's deep. It's, it's, it's very yeah. serious. Yeah. Someone told me as a matter of fact, I was I'll name him by name, Ryan Clark. I was we were watching the game yesterday. So we usually watch the, the afternoon games from ESPN. And I'm sitting in a room with like Adam Scheffner, uh Mort, Ryan dropper. Just 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 the holy grail of football analysis. Ryan Clark's take to me as we're watching the game is Drew Brees is not top five quarterback of all time. Wow. There's and I thought take. it was a bit of a hot take, but as he explained it. He was, like, naming the quarterbacks, like, which quarterback would you take this guy over? So I'm curious. Do you guys think Drew Brees is the top five quarterback? You know, that that's an interesting question
0: when you say all-time. Like, right now, he's clearly a top five quarterback, right, in right. this generation. But when we're going to start adding in guys like you know Dan Marino and Joe Montana, and like, you start throwing some of those names in there, it's like, all right, I, I, he probably isn't in the top five of all time. Although he's— so. An amazing quarterback. Obviously, I'm taking Tom Brady over him. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers over him. I'm I'm taking Joe Montana over him. Mm -hmm. I'm taking Dan Marino. Taking Elway. And I'm taking probably Elway over him. Jeez, man, and that's not even Peyton Manning, who for a while there I thought was the greatest of all time. I mean, you could easily throw Peyton in there.
1: Yeah. This is the guy that has the most passing yards and the most touchdown passes in NFL history. And we're saying he's not top six? You taking him over Brett Favre? I would
0: take him over Brett Favre, probably. I mean, I love Brett. He was like...
1: Three MVPs in a row. Yeah,
0: now that I think about it. Three MVPs in a
1: row. Now that that I think about it... Drew Brees has never won an
0: MVP. That's a good point. All right, I'll take Brett Favre over him. And And now he's number seven, just like that. Yeah, initially I was saying Drew over Brett. Because there's a clear bias being that Brett Favre was my hero growing up in Wisconsin.
3: Right. And
0: right. he was, like, it. such a god. And so I'm trying to, like, properly evaluate and remember him. Because then when he left Green Bay, he was, it was like, the Antichrist, you know, <laughs> playing for the Vikings and, and the Jets. You'll never
3: beat Drew Brees. Ever. <laughs>
2: do you, but you guys...
3: Now, you're right.
2: Three MVPs in a row. That's unbelievable. Do you guys... so? How much do you guys value completion percentage? So Drew Brees's career completion percentage is 67.2. This season he's completing 76.3% of his passes. Where does that like for that's insane? But like overall he's almost at 70% for his career. Where do you guys sort of hold that in terms of uh, importance for like all-time great quarterback stats?
1: I don't know. I think well, the way the way Mr. Clark was explaining it to me, it's like a, it's a look and feel thing, right? It's a you either have incredible numbers or, or no. his thing was you either have a bunch of Super Bowls, which means you're a winner or you just have the physical tools that make you the guy, which is the Marino, which is the Aaron Rodgers. Like Aaron Rodgers kind of has a door open and we'll get into that once we talk Packers that depending on how this year goes, next year goes, the year after that. We might not think of Aaron Rodgers the same way. If it could still go in a bad direction, or just like if he has multiple seasons like this year, even though the numbers are good, I don't know if people will still be like, "Oh man, we love a Rod," you know. And it, and it could be the people around him, right? He's he's a guy who's not going to take a pay cut to up the talent around him, and Brady will. Whether <laughs> whether the, the Patriots didn't use that money for what they say they're using it for is another story. Mm-hmm. But you're looking at Aaron Rodgers in these games, and it just seems like he's out there kind of by himself.
0: You know what the interesting thing, and this is maybe just my own lens that I see things through, but the reason that I don't put Drew Brees in the top five is because of how much he throws the ball. That's and isn't little- it isn't that interesting though? Like the more you do your job, and he <laughs> so- he's doing it really well, like he's throwing the ball really well, but like the less I rate him in my mind all time because I'm like Well, all those stats he has is because he's in an offense that just throws the ball every single time. And his whole career, he's been in an offense that plays with three and four wide receivers and literally just throws the ball every time. And so even though you would think a guy that has to do his job more would get more credit for it, it's like in my own mind, he's getting less credit for throwing the ball more.
1: <laughs> right. I don't know. Like, like it's just a weird. Like, yeah, it's Hawk is okay, man. He just caught the ball way too much. He just had too I mean, many catches. Like they way just throw to, the ball to, him, the ball way to him way too much and it's yeah. just, just bull it's what, it's what it is. All right, let's just change this to the to the Steelers. We had our guy James Connor go off again against the Ravens. Um he ran for 107 yards, 56 yards receiving and a touchdown. Already passed 1000 yards from scrimmage. How do we rank Connor's season so far? Do we care if Le'Veon Bell comes back? Is this his job? At what point do we stop talking about Le'Veon Bell? You At can't point, stop talking about Le'Veon Bell. Eight games ago, he was the best running back in the league.
0: And and now people, like, he's not even in anybody's conversation. And the only reason we're talking about him is because of how well James Conner is playing. That's so, a good
1: thing. Though. That's not a bad thing.
0: But think about it this way, though. Every time James Conner goes out and puts out another good performance, Le'Veon Bell loses the argument about oh well you were only good because you had a great O line that was opening up big holes and a great offense that was stretching the field vertically with Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger and so you were just a victim or um, you were just
1: beneficiary. a
0: beneficiary of the situation that you were put into.
1: Yeah, I, 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 the good thing for James Conner is no one says like it's it's not like a cute cancer comeback story anymore. Yeah, he's like. Definitely. A legit NFL running back, like putting up some of the best numbers, probably going to be a pro bowler if he continues what he's doing now. So that's like a really cool step. But you're right. there does, Until the Le'Veon Bell thing is completely out of the way, there will never be a time where you can mention James Conner and not immediately ask what's going on with Le'Veon Bell. His deadline is November 13th. And the report came out now that the Steelers... May put a transition tag on him, which means they can match any offer he gets and it'll bring his salary down to like nine or ten million dollars a year for next year.
0: It'll be interesting to see what the resolution is in this situation because like you mentioned, we're coming up to a hard deadline. At some point he's gonna show up, we expect.
1: I think what if he retires? (laughs) He just retires. That would be the ultimate. This is the most mismanaged free agency situation I've ever seen in my, in my adulthood. Yeah,
0: man. I just don't understand how not ever showing up to get your paycheck is the right move. <laughs> like, I just Nobody will be able to explain to me how not showing up and getting your million dollars a week or whatever it is is the is a good idea. Like, I don't care how much risk you're taking as a running back. That's your job. That's what you get paid for. They're going to give you almost a million dollars to show up per week, and you don't come take it. I don't yeah, get you it.
1: Gotta, you can't How leave that is money. that the right you move?
0: Hawk, you you're, you're a straight-A student at Columbia Business, Sport Management, whatever the hell your
1: program was. Tell me.
0: Please explain how this is a good idea for Le'Veon Bell.
1: You know, it was past Whenever the last glimmer of, like, okay, I see what you did there that I had for him. Was if he would have showed up for the free money on bye week. If yeah. he would have showed up bye week money, even though he forfeited a lot of millions before then, I would have been like, I like what you did there still. <laughs> I'm I'm still in on you. Free money, we can all agree with that. Am I right, guys? But when he passed <laughs> up on that, and here we are, like cause you're still assuming the risk. You're still and actually, for people who don't realize it, I don't know what it is, this isn't scientific. I'm not an analytics guy, I'm not a, a science, data, and performance coach. But when you're out of football and you try to go back in full speed with a bunch of guys who have been doing it and are already conditioned and been hitting people and you're putting yourself in a higher risk of injury, like coming off the couch to try to jump in week 11 to play against the crazy uh, schedule that the Pittsburgh Steelers have down the pipe, which is ridiculous. Like we read it off yesterday on my radio show, but it's he could probably he'll probably put himself more in danger by not showing up and not getting acclimated early on this year. I'm So not if gonna he shows win,
0: up, is he like, going to even play, though? Like like you said, there's no way he's going to be ready to just go yeah. out there and start playing.
1: Well, I don't – like, what's the point for the Steelers to hold on? Like, why would they bring him? He has they have six games left as a Pittsburgh Steeler. If I was them, yeah. Here, get on kickoff. Yes, you're going to play. <laughs> Here's 15 carries a game. Here's 20 carries a game. Or any like, yeah, like I'm getting what I can out of you if there's a chance that you're gonna leave me. And I'm gonna pay you that money, of course I'm gonna play you.
0: So do they put him in the wedge on kickoff return?
1: Yeah, they put him right <laughs> in the middle. Wedge he's, buster. He's he's L5. also on punt, punt return. Yep. <laughs> and exactly. kickoff. Okay, you're playing
0: left tackle this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh number three. Has Oakland already quit on John Gruden? Yes, They got demolished by the
1: third-string yes. quarterback Next the 49ers. three. 3 Dude, I, I wasn't even watching that game. I turned it on when they were already up 31 with their their seventh-string quarterback. <laughs> and he was getting verified on Twitter. He had access to them. I'm like, oh, wow. John, you have, you've you fallen from grace, buddy. So now he has to do the whole reset thing where he just gets rid of everybody, coaches included. There was like a scene on the sideline where he's like fighting with coaches because now he's embarrassed because you're on national television. But I hate to say it, but this is a this is a bet he made, man. Unfortunately.
0: So the Oakland Raiders clearly can't do anything because he's like a part owner now. So how I mean, <laughs> how many years of this does John Gruden get before he's he could be on the hot seat? Uh, Five. They gave him a ten-year, hundred ten million-dollar ten million. Million. deal. So what happens in five years if he hasn't turned
1: it around? You I don't even I don't know if it gets the Does five. he started it
0: all over again?
1: I say Maybe. he gets if he's if, if it's this what we're seeing right now, I say he gets three years of that.
0: Yeah, but they they can't afford to pay him that money. The Oakland Raiders don't have any money. They're the only like we'll franchise in football that NFL has no cash. Franchise.
1: We'll be losing an NFL team. What if John Gruden takes the entire Oakland Raiders under because of this? Oh my god. They have to file bankruptcy like the other owners <laughs> have, have to cash? We have to call um, up one of the CFL teams to the big oh league. Gosh. We got to yeah. call up the Montreal West of the league. Oh, <laughs> What if they never make
2: it to Las Vegas? It just doesn't happen. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> no money to
1: move.
0: What, what do you think happen? they do at the stadium? It's just a tomahawk, uh, yeah. the tomahawk listening audience.
2: Start a put a football in the league in
1: we'll stadium. have all
2: our live shows from the w- deserted Oakland Coliseum.
1: Look, I would love to move. If the Vegas stadium is built and they can't use it, I'm putting my name in the hat right now. I will be the Las Vegas correspondent of the Tomahawk Corporation. (laughs) I will be employee one. No problems there. All right. We got the Browns now. Browns got steamrolled by the Chiefs. Mm. Reports all week that the the practices were great. The feeling was positive. We were really going to get after it. Greg Williams got offered like 47 head coaches jobs this week. (laughs) So everyone was in a really good spot. And then the Chiefs happened. And It's like one of those things to me. It was... I'm not saying none of those things were true because I think they were true. I think they were great practices. I think the the, the feelings were very positive. It was just a tough week to try to show that on the field because the Chiefs are better than everybody else. It would be like us four on a basketball team having incredible basketball practices. Nat is putting up 17. Joe's (laughs) putting down his 12 and 10 that he always brings to the table. My 16 is there. (laughs) Firm is just... Swat balls back and forth from his <laughs> tennis background, and then we play the Lakers. The, the result is still going to be the same, no matter how the, the chemistry goes. So I think it was just a tough uh, week. for
0: Yeah, I mean, you're not going to come against the Chiefs and really do much because especially the Browns have suffered from an enormous rash of injuries on defense. And if you want to stop Kansas City, as we know, you need to be able to shut down their passing game if you can't shut down their passing game, if you can't let Mr. Mahomes, if our Patrick Mahomes is just chucking the ball 32 times all over the field, you're going to lose. It's Just what's going to happen? I mean, he had 375 yards and basically didn't throw the ball at the end of the game because they were up by two plus scores. Watching that game, the Browns actually played pretty well in the first half. They were able to keep it really close. They were running the ball. They were doing some good things on offense. They didn't stop the Chiefs one time. But, like, the offense was keeping up. And then all of a sudden the second half happened and the Chiefs just said, all right, we're tired of toying around. We're just going to keep throwing the ball and we're going to score another uh, what, 20 points in the second half. And the Browns just weren't able to keep up with him.
1: Nobody's able to keep up with them. I feel like. Yeah. And we freed Duke Johnson, which was super exciting. It's funny cause <laughs> in in the offseason when Duke signed his contract, what did he sound like, a three-year $15 million? Yeah, like a pretty nice average backup. Yeah, like, you know, for, contract, a, contract. for a guy who's been used sparingly for the most part. He's played receiver one season, basically, exclusively. Well, you know, we're, Duke is one of our guys. So I was talking to Duke like through that whole situation, and it was a good situation for him to put himself – in another tax bracket, get his family secure, get his first you know, big contract to really secure his future. And then he has still a chance to come back to the table later on in his career. But when it happened, there was like so much murmur on Twitter, to use one of Joe's words, is that, mm. oh, this is a bad deal. He could have got so much on the open market. Why would he do this? Well, if you watch how the season has progressed, you see why he did it. Because he understood there was going to be too many cooks in the kitchen. And there was an opportunity that he wasn't going to be able to showcase the skills that he had showed so far. And to be honest, could you imagine if he didn't sign that deal? Like he was already not getting the ball, right? And he's already wasn't being used. If he didn't sign that deal, it could have been even worse. But well, you'd never seen Duke Johnson on the field. Because typically, teams don't flood the ball to guys who aren't signed long term when there's other options on the field. They're going to give it to the guys that are going to be there and they're going to build around those guys. So I'm glad that we've seen Duke. Everyone knows how good Duke. Everyone knows how big of fans we are of Duke. And, you know, he he was one of the, the driving forces of keeping the Browns in that game yesterday.
0: Yeah, my two good takeaways from the game was Duke Johnson had nine targets and he had nine catches. So he's finally getting some touches in the passing game. And they're starting to get David Njoku back involved in the passing game. Like he's he's such a weapon for him. He's such a great athlete there as a tight end. You can kind of split him out in that Jimmy Graham role. And he's kind of been lost the last couple weeks, and so it was good to see them start to get him a little bit more involved, put him more into the offense, because he can really be a weapon, you know, and and I was, overall, they still need to get Njoku more involved, they need to get Landry more touches, they need to get Callaway the ball a little bit more, but uh, to me, it was a step in the right direction. Now, the big negative coming out of that game was all the injuries on defense, like, this has been a passing defense that has been keeping the team in a lot of games, that's, a big part of why they were close in those early games is why they won the games that they did. They were really a, a tough passing defense, and they were getting a lot of interceptions. But all the injuries they've had at linebacker, cornerback, safety, they got all sorts of guys out. <sighs> it's tough to keep together a good defense when you just are losing guys left and right.
1: What is How many times
0: do
2: they go for it on fourth down? From do that know? Look like
0: the stat guy? Yeah,
2: they they went for it at least three times that I can remember. And I think they got everyone but one. There was one they went for towards the end of the game that they did not get, but um, they went for it on fourth down, they went for two twice? No, three, like three, three times. times. Three they time? went, they went times. for two
1: every single I time. I love it, man. This is that's how my son plays Madden and he does really well. So I'm like, <laughs> why don't more people do it like that? Because you you fake it every time, no matter what part of the field you're on, Austin. And you always get it. And he, his favorite play in the, in, on extra points is he goes for two. He fakes, rolls out, throws it to the left tackle in the corner of the end zone. Every play, and it always worked, man. I'm like, the Browns need to take a page out of your book, and they did. Statistically, it actually makes sense that for fourth in a yard or fourth in less than two, it makes you should never punt, and which is what we're doing. Never punt, never kick field goals. Now we're changing the game, Greg Williams.
2: Unfortunately, the Browns converted uh, zero of their two-point conversions yesterday. But it's all right. It's the thought that counts. UA shooting. UA
1: trying, man. Shoot or shoot. That's what Greg Williams is doing. All right. We got the Packers and the Patriots. Joe, did you watch this one?
0: I did. I, I got to see most of this game. And right. uh, for the most part, it was kind of what you know, we expected um, with a little bit healthier dose of defense. Yeah, uh, Josh Gordon kind of went off a little bit. He had uh, over 100 yards. He had a big 55-yard touchdown reception uh, towards the end. But uh, to me, the story of the game was the Aaron Jones fumble when they were in Patriots territory, mm. about to score. To me, that was really the tipping point, and um, it was tough to come back from that.
1: My favorite play of this game. <laughs> My favorite part of this game is there was after like towards the end when they they clearly lost. Aaron Rodgers on the sideline, pissed because he's Aaron Rodgers. And Deshaun Kaiser is in beside him, and Deshaun Kaiser is saying something to him, and Aaron Rodgers is looking at Deshaun Kaiser like, "If you don't get the f- out of my face, it's maybe a top five video I've ever seen in my whole life." <laughs> I say I laughed for fifteen minutes strong rewatching this video, because I'm telling you, Aaron Rodgers has yeah. this look on his face like, if there weren't cameras here right now, I would stick my whole hand down your throat and try to rip your esophagus out. Wow. Because he was World so mad. Style. It was man. <laughs> JG going on. What did you think?
2: What do you think that? What would Deshaun have been saying? I I need to know what Deshaun <laughs> was trying to say to Aaron right there. Like it's okay, man. You know, like we were close. We'll get him next week. You know, like what was <laughs> what was he saying? I I empathize with Aaron because I've been in that situation. It's nothing to get
1: Deshaun Kaiser. Deshaun Kaiser is a good guy. You know, I love Deshaun. Really, really good kid. But as an older guy on a team. Like I could, I remember being in that same situation, like where it's like a, a rookie is trying to tell me something about what went wrong or where do we go from here? And I'm just like, Oh gosh, please <laughs> get away from me, kid.
0: Yeah. You're you're thinking to yourself. Yeah. Thanks for the information, buddy. It's, this is only <laughs> my 14th year in the NFL. I think I can right. figure out what's going on here. <laughs> right. No, hey, my big question from the game. And i I'd love to throw this to my, uh, my friends at the Tomahawk show. Um, should Tom Brady be benched for his lack of effort blocking on that, that throwback play that they had? I think it, it came back to James White. So they snapped it and handed it off to Edelman. Edelman like faked the receiver, uh, jet sweep and then threw it back to uh, James White. And then he had a convoy of blockers in front of him. Right. And uh-huh. Tom he was one of those blockers. <clears throat> and if he would have made his block, with any effort at all, James White would have walked right into the end zone. But he looked around like Hawk used to do when he was out there, pretend <laughs> like he didn't see anybody that he could block, and then tried to like fake like he was running into the end zone and at the last minute pretend to block somebody. So that lack of effort, should or should it not
1: get Tom Brady benched? I'm going to say no, it shouldn't get him benched because he's Tom Brady. I'm going to say yes, it should get him benched because anytime we can get Destroyer starting the game, Hoyer the Destroyer, I'm all in. I don't know if I watch games more intently than when Brian Hoyer is the starting quarterback. That's my quarterback. That's my QB1 from now until the day I die. Number three, he shouldn't get benched because he did me a favor because had uh, Sweet Feet White scored on that play, it would have given Julian Edelman a touchdown pass which would have ruined my chances to hit 73-16. And there was, there was with a minute left in the game, I was at like 73-78. No way. So I was literally like a half. I think I finished like 74.80, but I was, I was like a yard away from hitting the jackpot on the Tomahawk Show Listener League. Oh, my gosh. That would have been amazing. I started so Ryan how- Tadhill, who didn't play. <laughs> he was my starting quarterback. Would you have had to Venmo yourself? I would have loved to Venmo myself. Mm. And I would take it out of the Tomahawk budget. (laughs) Venmo myself and then charge you for it, Joe? Sign me up. Yeah, how about
0: that? So that was pretty interesting. I, I enjoyed watching Tom Brady. And then after the game, he talked about it, where he came up with this elaborate excuse about, well, I didn't know if I was downfield or if I was a legal blocker. So I felt like it was better to just stay out of the way. And then at the last minute, I saw this guy, but it was too late to block him. And then I was like... Shit, I could have blocked him and got James in for the touchdown. You know, it was like the most phony, like I tried to block him, but I didn't see him explanation I've ever heard. So I'm going to call right now here on the Tomahawk show week nine podcast that Tom Brady should be benched for a lack of effort. And uh, okay putting a bad example out there on film for his teammates, for his young and impressionable
1: teammates. You really are on the Browns payroll because you're trying to get Tom Brady benched so we can get him. And you also try to get Andy Reid fired for Pat Mahomes spiking the ball. And a dead That's ball. a
0: great point. You know, when when quarter when young quarterbacks make dumb decisions like this, it just falls back on the coaching. <laughs> and I don't think Andy Reid, we should have to put up with watching this poor clock management from week yep. to week. I mean, and Belichick not
1: coaching stopped. effort. You're right. It's, it yep. comes to it comes back to the head coaching. Both hey. of those guys should be fired.
0: Well, the big thing Belichick has always said is we treat everybody the same. I don't care if Andrew Hawkins is late for a meeting. I don't care if Tom Brady's late for a meeting. The standard is the same.
1: The standard so, is the same.
0: I don't care if it's Tom Brady out there leading the charge on the quarterback throwback. I don't care if it's their center. I don't care if it's Bill Belichick himself. We expect the same thing out of everybody. We expect effort. We expect that when we put you in the position to block that you block. And if you're not going to do it, we'll find somebody that will.
1: So maybe put order in there. Yeah, maybe. Okay, now we're going to snap back into reality now on the Tomahawk (laughs) Show. And we're going to get ready for another edition of Am I Tripping? 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 Am I Tripping, dog? Am I Tripping? I got to be Tripping.
3: You Tripping.
2: take us away. I'm pretty excited about this one uh, because a story came out uh, yesterday that I really just, it might be one of my favorite stories (laughs) that I think I've ever read (laughs) in my whole entire life. Um, So guys, a a report came out from a couple of guys in Oakland. Um, They were reminiscing about the Jamarcus Russell era, which we all do from time to time. I think about it at least once a day. So the the Oakland Raider coaches, after they took Jamarcus Russell number one, um, they 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 got this sense that he maybe wasn't watching tape when they were asking him to go back and watch tape. Um, so they decided that they would give Jamarcus Russell one week blank tapes that he could take home and watch so they could figure out if he came back into the office the next day, like, Coach, you gave me a blank tape. What is this? They'd be like, oh, okay, he's actually watching tape. Well, that's not what happened. Jamarcus Russell comes in the next day and says, yeah, man, those blitz packages you guys had on those tapes were crazy. They <laughs> <laughs> were crazy. <laughs> and, and, the, and the coaches were like, okay.
3: So, guys, we've
2: lost our money here, guys. I don't know if this is the quarterback we're looking for. That's when they knew. Uh, Guys, am I tripping or is this like the most Jamarcus Russell story you've ever heard in your life? Uh, uh, It tickled me. It tickled me pink, if I'm being quite honest, to use one of my odds
1: terms. Listen, here's the thing, though. I don't know how true this is. I tweeted about how it reminds me of my wife when she told me, hey, Honey, keep an eye on the kids they are upstairs. Make sure you check in on them. I'm running to the store and I'm like, I got you. I'm come on, I'm dad. This is easy work for me. Daddy of the year. Daddy of the year over here, bud. You see me on Instagram. This isn't this isn't nothing new to me. So mom <laughs> She comes back and she's like, (laughs) hey. Come on now.
0: You see me on Instagram doing all those dad things.
1: Come on, babe. That's what I do, babe. (laughs) She comes back she's like, she comes in. I'm like, hey, how you doing? Everything's solid. Kids, smooth sailing. And she's just kind of giving me this look like. You're such a douchebag, I'm not quite picking up on it right away. <laughs> right through over her left shoulder, the door opens up behind her. All my kids come out of her car and come running in the house behind her, like, hey dad. Hey, like, okay, if that was the store." <laughs> no Just walk
0: by me. And I'm like, okay. Oh my god. You're the Jamarcus Russell of dads. <laughs> I'm the
1: Jamarcus Russell of Fatherhood right here on the top. <laughs> oh my God.
0: That is a good one. No, as soon as I heard this story, it reminded me of a story that I heard um, during the draft process, and I don't think it was Jamarcus Russell. I think it was another quarterback in uh, my draft class, and I don't exactly remember, but no, one
1: of the teams, thinking, Hold on. You're well, thinking of the draft day plot where they gave him a, a playbook, and to the end of it, yes. they put a message at the end to see if you read the whole way through the playbook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bo Callahan, bill. Yeah, you know, it reads through. Yeah. yeah he sent yeah. the money back to him. So I don't yeah, know if yeah. it's a draft day plot or if, it's, if it actually happened to you, Joe, but continue.
0: So thanks for stealing my story. So basically the <laughs> bottom line is this team gave all the quarterbacks they were looking at, like the playbook, to learn or read it or whatever. And uh, they put like $100 bills in the middle or towards the end of all of those playbooks to see who opened it up and like, you know, actually did what they said they were going to do. or And then who was going to be honest about it when they brought them back in for their you know next meeting and uh-huh. – You know, most of the coaches they were like uh, surprised that, of course, none of the the quarterbacks opened up their playbook, and they all acted like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I was, I was in my notes, I was deep in
1: there, it was great, it was good stuff."
0: (laughs) It was awesome Uh, playbook. Those blitz packages were crazy.
1: (laughs) Like, wow, your playbook is so great, coach. I hope you Uh, draft me because we can do so much magic with this playbook.
2: Oh, all right, next one. All right, guys, next one, our final one of the day. so the yeah. Ravens yesterday they lose uh, 23 to 16 to the Steelers. Uh, it drops them to four and five on the season. Uh, John Harbaugh had to address his job security after the game. He's being asked questions about if this is if is he on the hot seat? Is this his last year? The Ravens sort of had this good start. Their defense was playing really well, and they've really kind of fallen off lately. So, you know, yeah. nobody knows how much longer Joe Flacco is going to play. They've got Lamar Jackson sort of in the wings there. But you know, guys, am I tripping or is, are we sort of witnessing the demise of this? Ravens team that feels like it's been, they've had Joe Flacco, John Harbaugh, all these guys there for what feels like 15 years. Are we starting to witness maybe the downfall of this version of the Baltimore Ravens? Yeah, I think they have to bench Joe Flacco.
1: The reason they have to bench Joe Flacco, because it's the only way to save Harbaugh's job. Because no matter what, like they aren't, the Ravens aren't going to win this division. I have, either Pittsburgh's going to it, win it, or if the Bengals can figure out what's wrong with A.J. Green's foot, they're going to win it. And the Ravens aren't in the business of winning eight games a year, seven games a year. That's just not what they do. They want to win Super Bowls. They want to be in contention. And unless he gets a spark out of a Lamar Jackson, if Lamar Jackson comes in and he wins five out of eight and he looks like a better quarterback than any of us imagined, they might say, like, oh, great pick here. We have a chance. This is a new regime, a new reset. Let's start over with that. Otherwise, if he rides it out with Flacco. He's going to go down when Flacco leaves. He's going to be out of there too. Maybe even sooner. So you think they're going to dump Flacco after the season? Yeah, I don't think he's going to be the no. I, I I would put half a million dollars that Flacco will not be the quarterback of the Ravens next year.
0: Wow. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm I'm really kind of down the middle on this one. I, I feel like this the owner Steve Bisciotti is patient and he's going to give John Harbaugh the benefit of the doubt because he did win that Super Bowl. And they are still a pretty good team. But like you mentioned, they're sort of that 500 team right now. And I think the expectations are higher than that. But I I definitely feel Bashadi's going to give him another season because I don't think Lamar Jackson's ready to take over as a full-time quarterback. I still think they have a lot invested, um, not only from a a salary standpoint, but from an organizational standpoint in Joe Flacco. He's still their Super Bowl-winning quarterback. They're still going to want to give him the benefit of the doubt every last opportunity before they dump him and I truly think that they're going to at least give him the rest of this year and then the beginning of next year. If things go south at the beginning of next year, they they'll give him about 8 games and then at that point it's a decision. All right, we're going to get rid of Joe Flacco if he's not performing well and we're going to make this Lamar Jackson's team and with Joe we will also dump John Harbaugh. But I still feel like because of the Super Bowl wins because they're not a bad team. They're just underachieving based on their expectations, I feel like they'll give them another 12 months to try to fix
1: this. Is Joe Flacco a free agent after this season? No, I think he's still under contract. What,
0: well, what do the researchers I, say?
1: I don't know. We don't. Hmm. One one moment, please. We don't have any of those. <laughs> Our Researchers are... They don't wake up this early. But... <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not. I, Joe Flacco's not a terrible quarterback. I mean, we've seen terrible quarterback play. Joe Flacco isn't doing it, but he doesn't have any weapons around him. I'm just saying, it's time for a reset. There's just nothing there. Like, there's no hope. You never look at the Ravens and say, "Oh, this is their year to win the Super Bowl." Yeah,
0: right? but you didn't say that in the year that they won the Super Bowl. Now, right? Amazing. Think about that. The year they won, it was like, "Oh, they they got no chance." They they, they fired their offensive coordinator. It was like turmoil. And yeah. all of a sudden, they they fired off this string of wins and they win the Super Bowl.
1: And that's fine. It was like a perfect like storm because Joe Flacco was going to be an unrestricted free agent. He was playing lights out, and he did win the Super Bowl. So if he can't get a contract then, there's no time ever he's going to be able to get a contract. So that's why they had to lock into the contract with Joe Flacco. But since then, there hasn't been, with the exception, maybe a couple of years where you're looking at the Ravens as a real Super Bowl contender. Like a Drew Brees, even in all the years he was going 7-9 and, and and not having success – They were always a contender because they had Drew Brees and Sean Payton. That is just not the feeling of the Ravens anymore, Mm -hmm. right? So when you get to that point, it's time to try something new, hit a reset button and figure out, okay, what can we do to rebuild this to put us back on the right track? Because if you're just going middle of the pack, middle of the pack, middle of the pack, you might as well be finishing last and getting top draft picks because now you're getting getting middle of the pack first rounders.
2: Uh, Flacco is an unrestricted free agent uh, in 2019. Is he really? Yes. That's interesting. There well, you there
1: go. you have it. Then
0: maybe they let him go. I, I think that's a, that's a great point. I, I uh, retract
1: my hot take. Oh, hot take retracted. Yeah. All right. So. Let's, let's jump into the
2: no huddle. Actually, I was wrong about Joe Flacco's contract. So let me let me backtrack real quick. <laughs> wow. I was looking at a, what? I looking oh at a my previous. God. I was looking at a previous one. So he signed oh my a God. Um, look at her butt. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he's a, he'll be free agent 2022. I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: Through twenty twenty one. The Baltimore Ravens quarterback and the team have reportedly agreed to a new three year contract through twenty twenty one.
2: I think he's there for a little bit longer. Anyway, so that's our our crack <laughs> research team. We're we're on the <laughs> okay, case. Great job. Yeah, we really get to the <laughs> bottom of that and quick. We'll uh we'll get an update. Maybe
1: we'll tweet out and we figure out how uh, Joe Flacco becomes a free agent. <laughs> All right, let's jump into our no huddle a little bit. All right. This is uh this is a painful subject for a lot of reasons. My guy Nathan Peterman threw another pick six this weekend. The Bills lost in big fashion. He went through zero touchdowns and three interceptions and improved his passer rating, which is odd. But Joe, what is your take on the Nathan Peterman Buffalo situation? I definitely have a take. Yeah, my my take is this. I feel I feel bad for him.
0: He's obviously to me, he seems like he's got great character and resolve because he continues to play very poorly. And continues to be able to still face the music and somehow still shows up to work in the spite of, I'm sure, most of that locker room not believing in him because he hasn't yet put up NFL quarterback performance on the field on a Sunday. Now, maybe he looks great during the week. I doubt that. But for some reason, the organization just keeps rolling him out there and he continues to show he's not ready to be an NFL quarterback and uh there was some murmurs though i think hawk I, i'd heard a rumor that some people thought he played better this week and so there's some signs um, of improvement so maybe the future is brighter than we think i don't know what's your take
1: i'm not i'm i'm kind of i'm i'm this is where i'm at with it man yeah. again and i said this multiple times and i believe it this is what I, this is my conviction i am a guy who was living on someone's couch clinging to the notion that I was going to get my opportunity to play in the league like I was literally living out of my car, living out of storage units, you know, faking like I had more than what I had to my girlfriend. So she wasn't embarrassed by me <laughs> using her car to drive back and forth to arena tryouts, arena two tryouts across the freaking country and them telling me I wasn't good enough. And I was mm. still clinging to the notion that one of these times the opportunity is going to come where I can show that I have a ch- get the chance to show that I can excel on the highest level because somebody else is going to squander it away or because somebody else is going to have their chance and not work out. And then, then comes my chance. I couldn't imagine being one of those guys who never got that opportunity. So it was a thin line between me being where I am now and me have never, ever getting that chance. Because, again, I tried out for multiple arena teams, Cleveland Gladiators, Grand Rapids Rampage. I tried out for multiple Canadian teams, Hamilton Tiger Cats, Montreal Alouettes. I tried out on reality shows to get to the league. I was a Cleveland Browns camp and balled out amongst those rookies. Still never got my opportunity, right? So I say all that to say this is why I'm so passionate about it. I love a guy who has resolve. And Nathan Peterman, the fact that he's showing up every once in a He's coming in. He's facing the music. This is professional sports. People are going to talk about your performance, especially if you're one of the 32 most coveted positions in all of pro sports. You are going to be scrutinized. Everything that happens is going to be uh, analyzed by everybody in every crick and crevice of it. He's still showing up. That being said, when someone shows us that they are not, don't have the ability to perform in one of those 32 coveted spots, we should move on There are people out there And we don't gotta name specific names But there are better options at quarterback And there are other people Who didn't have this kind of leash There are other players Who will never get the opportunity That probably would be better options For the, the Buffalo Bills And I'm not crazy for saying that The Buffalo Bills think that They signed Derek Anderson from a golf course To come in and start right mm. away mm-hmm. Derrick Anderson is as old as me and you And we're 97 years old mm. Right? So I'm saying all that to say it's not about the kid. It's about the performance, and it's about the sanctity of football, which is oh the best players play. If we're going to ruin that in one of the 32 most coveted positions in all of sports, you are ruining the game, something that you guys like you and me have devoted our entire lives to. I probably could have been a Broadway superstar, Joe. Wow. I could have been okay. uh, you know, a, the legal counsel, At the White House, Joe, I could have been a brain surgeon Mm. fixing all kinds of molecular diseases, right? (laughs) You you (laughs) Fixing (laughs) brains. I'm just saying that. I'm not. This is nothing personal. It's about the game of football that I really do love because I've devoted my life to it. I owe everything to the game of football. It just doesn't make sense to me. I'm going to get off my rant now, but yeah. Glad That's we just-
0: got you off your soapbox. I'm just going to give you a couple stats from this weekend. I'm going to I'm going to push back just a little bit, right? All right give Nathan me Peterman, 31 out of 49. Not bad. Completed 63% of his passes. Eight rushing attempts for 46 yards. Averaging over four yards a carry, 5.8 yards. What do you say about that, Andrew?
1: Look, man, <laughs> I, 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 I I gave reference on Twitter of, of Nathan Peterman that once. He's 11. At one point, he had an 11% interception rate. What are you trying That's to say? That's the worst rate by far in NFL history. Oh. Right? And they're not all his fault. Most interceptions. Yeah, he doesn't have are. a lot of talent around him. He doesn't have any talent around him. Like, he's depleted at wide receiver. LaShawn McCoy is out. The O line isn't great. He's a young kid that was thrust in there in front of a quarterback last year. Who was a seasoned veteran and had his team at a six and three record. So he's been put, he's been put at like in a disadvantaged situation by the powers that be. Not his fault. But the fact of the matter remains once you get out there, you either perform or you don't, right? right? I was scared to drop a pass in practice. It's one of the reasons I retired. The anxiety of feeling like practice every day was a game and it was going to get me cut. I had to get rid of it It felt like I played seven games a week because every pass was that important to me. I would drop a pass and it would ruin my entire week no matter where I was because I didn't think that chance was coming back because it took me so long to get that chance. We can't keep doing this song and dance. Someone has to be the big boy and say, okay, cut your losses, put the kid back as a backup, put him as a third, put him on the practice squad, whatever it is. I'm not saying get rid of the kid. Stop starting him in the football game it's, again, it's a slap in the face of the game of football at this point because he's not ready. It's not his fault. He's not ready. It's your fault that you're putting him in and he's not ready. Oh That's boy. what I'm
3: saying.
0: Oh, my. That's brutal. All right. Well, hey, next question. Uh, are the Vikings for real or are they frauds? I don't think anybody can figure out
1: this team right now. I don't know, man. I don't know. Kirk Cousins is the young Alex Smith. They're going to probably land around 9-7, and 8-8, 7-9, eight eight, something in that vicinity. I don't know. They they're good one week, bad the next. I don't know.
2: What do you so first some context before Joe you get to your answer. So they kind of so they sacked Matthew Stafford yesterday ten times. There, so their defensive <laughs> only ten. It really wasn't that great of a performance. But then on the flip side, now he didn't have to do a ton. But Kirk Cousins only threw for a buck sixty six. He had one touchdown, one interception. So their offense didn't exactly like the world on fire.
0: This is what I love about Kirk Cousins. When he puts up good numbers, they always lose. When he has terrible numbers, they win. You know why? Because this is a team that's going to win or lose with defense. Kirk Cousins is not the type of quarterback that can lead your team single-handedly to victories. He's not Drew Brees. He's not Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, you name it. He's a guy that's going to put up good numbers for your fantasy league when when he loses. And when he wins, it's going to be mostly because the defense played well. And that's why, in my opinion, he's always kind of that middle-of-the-pack type quarterback. So um, this is exactly the type of game I would expect Minnesota to win. Great defensive performance. They sacked and beat up Matt Stafford 10,000 times. Kirk Cousins throws for a pedestrian 164 yards. They run the ball pretty well. They win the game. Mike, (laughs) job.
1: So what what do they finish at the end of the season?
0: I actually still think that they're going to win the uh, NFC North because the Packers don't look like they're very good. The the Lions, they're kind of like, eh. Uh, Chicago is proving that Mitchell Trubisky is kind of okay but not great, and Khalil Mack's been a little bit injured. So um, until he's back to full strength, he's not going to be ripping the ball out of quarterbacks' hands the way he was and single-handedly destroying opposing teams' offenses.
1: uh, What's the record there?
0: They're three. Uh, Minnesota's five, three and
1: one. Detroit's three and five, and on down the line. Okay, so they'll finish nine and nine, six and one will be the record, which is pretty good. Nine, yeah. six and one does that win the division? Yeah, that, that wins
0: the uh, NFC North this
1: year. There's no all like right.
0: real standout teams in that division right now.
1: No, there's not. I don't know what
0: Aaron Rodgers is doing.
1: <clears throat> so, all right, what we got next? Studs of the week, Joe? You have a stud? All right, Hawk. My.
0: Stud of the week does not come from the NFL. It actually comes from the CFL. It is the Ottawa Red Blacks' own offensive lineman. John, Because after he scores a touchdown, he gets the celebration maybe of all time and goes into the stands, runs over to his girlfriend and grabs her beer and just slams it, takes it to the (laughs) house. I love that. And forever in my career, I always thought that if I scored a touchdown, I was going to take the ball and punt it as far up into the upper deck as I possibly could. I thought that would be the best way to draw attention to the fact that I'm a great athlete. I could still punt the football even with two knee braces and elbow sleeves on. And uh, I thought that would be the best way. But now I'm changing my celebration, even though I'm retired. If I ever do unretire, come back, and I go play in the NFL and score a touchdown what I'm going to do to celebrate is not pump the ball into the stands anymore. I'm going to run over to Hawk and he's going to be sitting in the front row and I'm going to grab his Mountain Dew and his beer. And I'm going to take both of them to the
1: head. <laughs> and, uh, that was the greatest celebration of all time. I uh, was a really good celebration that, that tickled me to death. It really did. And I used a tickled me reference twice now in this show. So that tells you how enthusiastic <laughs> how I am about it. As a guy who played in Canada, man, that's, it was a fun league, man, just to be able to slam. A, I don't know what kind of beer it was. We'll just call it a 73 coach. It was probably a Molson being in Canada. Yeah, I don't think it was a Molson. Molson is more Montreal. I think it was yeah, it like an yeah, organic, organic beer or something.
2: Organic? <laughs> yeah, it looked like, I don't, I don't know. We'll Hawk get is a Canadian of beer uh, connoisseur, <laughs> yeah, so right. let's leave these things to him. You know, right. you
1: know I've never drinking. Is that the word, right word, drinkin'? I've yeah, it's drinking? I've never drinking. What is the past tense of? action isn't it Drink is the action <laughs> drank i, I believe is <laughs> yeah, i never go. drank a full beer before in my life oh
4: my god hawk
1: never i've had a sip well full.
4: you will have beer when we all hang out
1: all right i'm just putting that out there <laughs> 73 coach hard pass all right my stuff of <laughs> week just kidding though i friends I'll, I'll take it in my eyelids um also, before we go, I don't. This isn't even about the studs of the week. Did you see Nat's tweet about never giving her kids iOS devices? Okay,
4: first of all, Hawk, I had so many angry moms in my mentions, and I blame you for that.
1: For people that don't know, Nat tweeted that. Let me read it verbatim. And
4: I will, you know, I will defend myself.
1: Yeah, you're gonna have to because I will. As a as a parent, as the dad of as the Jamarcus Russell of fatherhood. <laughs> I think I know a thing or two about parenting. I Nat. know,
4: but hey, I had a good amount of... Okay, read the tweet. All
1: right, here it goes. At Fat Nat on Twitter, if you want to follow three Ts. I will never be the parent that gives their kid the iPhone at the restaurant, was the tweet. Now, I felt like that was a direct shot to me because <laughs> I don't... If we don't have an iPhone, we're not going to a restaurant. <laughs> That's if I don't have enough iPhones for all the kids, we're not going out to eat. My wife hates, like, hey, let's go out to eat. I'm like, I don't feel like being a circus wrangler at a restaurant. for. I can't enjoy my food that way. So I retweeted her tweet with a comment. I said, we'll see how that theory ages when you're three seeds deep, <laughs> one slapping the family behind you, one trying to stab one of the other kids and the snoring pepper off the table. We'll mm-hmm. see how that iPhone theory ages, Matt. First of all,
4: I don't know. I don't know. About all, the,
1: all the parents in Cleveland were on my side. They were like, yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah, they were.
1: That, oh, they still great.
4: are. I'm still getting notifications <laughs> of them slandering me.
0: Defend so, yourself. Man.
4: Okay. Here's my thing. I was at a restaurant, you know, one of those hibachi places where they cook in front of you. And that's like, a whole nother story of why the kids should be entertained by that, first of all, instead of looking no. at an iPhone. How are
0: you gonna tell the kids what they're gonna be entertained <laughs> by? Or should they be entertained? You got this motherhood thing down pat.
4: Anyways, <laughs> other than that, I just like I was looking around and ninety percent of the kids were just iPhone in front of them. And for me, I know I I've, I've babysat a lot. Yes, I don't have my own kids, but I know families who <laughs> I'm hey, <laughs> that counts okay. I know, oh, yeah. I know families. a lot
1: of street cred in the parent game. Go ahead, <laughs> I have a lot of black friends.
4: I know, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> my
3: cousin uh. married a black guy. <laughs> guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh.
4: I know a lot of families who have kids that they don't really use electronics like that just because they haven't established that from day one, so like. This one family in particular, these two girls that I babysit, they probably get like two hours of watching a show on their little iPhone like a week. So Mm -hmm. they just don't even – like that thought doesn't even cross their mind whenever I take them out or whenever they're out with their family. There's no like – it's just not a thing. They just don't have the phones or the electronics. So I know that there's a way that you can – Start from day one of not having electronics yeah. in front of your kids. I'm not, and, that and seems like my,
2: super realistic.
4: My, <laughs> it is realistic, and I've seen it before.
2: Yeah, here's here's the question though. Do you do you guys all of you like? Yeah, when you're out somewhere, is your do you keep your phone in your pocket or do you put the phone on the table?
3: Uh, I would say I'm
0: I'm maybe half and half. It depends on like if I'm waiting for somebody that's also coming to meet us up. Or I'm I'm like waiting for a text message from somebody. Then I'll put it on the table. But once like the whole crew is there and I want to be in that moment, then I'll put it away and put it on silent because right. I don't want it to be on the table, distracting from like the social brotherhood that I'm sharing with my friends.
1: Yeah, I'm a f- I'm a phone in the table guy. No matter what, even Get if the all the, all your boys are there, my if friend- Oprah calls me, I don't want to miss it. <laughs> 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 that's that's just my thing. It's a great point. Yeah, Can I can't I argue with that. that. One one chance. I'm gonna speed this up. Nah.
4: My thing with the tweet was, I wasn't coming at people for doing that. I just said I'm not gonna do that. And I yeah, you
1: never gonna be that. Far. And, and was some, sh- there's some it shade in that tweet. There some shade. Yeah, she's not gonna do it because it's cool to do <laughs> it. Obviously, because it, it sounds like a great idea. But I'm just saying,
4: <laughs> I know it's, I it's possible. Flipped the coin
1: and decided not to.
4: I know it's possible. So
1: it is possible. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying. Whew i like to see you three seats deep, man. Those kids are... <laughs> you know how much energy it takes to keep three kids entertained who are under five years old. I don't think I you... I believe it. Not just with one person. I'm talking about It, it could be you two, the nanny, and an aunt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, if you've never seen somebody try to put... Uh, salt in their eyelid. Yeah. Just don't know yet. <laughs> okay, so I have a like...
4: question though. How did we? How did we all used to be entertained at restaurants when there were no phones? I got well, the I answer. Never-
1: I yeah, well, didn't so take us to restaurants.
0: I did oh, no. restaurants until I was like 19. We were eating tater tot hot dish <laughs> exactly. and casserole
1: all night. There was no exactly. restaurants. <laughs> exactly. Restaurants. I didn't know what that was until I turned 28. But that's a
4: valid question. <laughs> I went
1: to my first restaurant in Cleveland. <laughs> like, welcome to the crowd. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> Steak and shake. What are you talking about? <laughs>
0: it, here's a fun fact. Uh, uh, about 100 years ago, there was no such thing as a restaurant. If you wanted to have somebody else cook for you, you had to go to an inn where it was a bed and breakfast where you'd mm-hmm. stay there and then like the lady that was running it would make you make you food. That was the only time. There was no restaurants. Think about that. Think about how far we've come in like a hundred years.
1: That's wild, man. Well, Nat is my stud of the week, so I don't even need to get into it. Um <laughs> if you are listening, listen, tell Nat what you think. I mean, I want oh I wanna God, see Hawk. her I wanna see her box this out on Twitter. I wanna <laughs> She's. I love her and her convictions. I want her to see this is what media is about, man. You got an opinion, <laughs> you stick to it. You argue it out with the people. It, man. So here we are. Doesn't uh, matter what your
0: opinion are, as long as you're able to back it up with
1: a reason. Back it up, man. reasons. They
4: That's
1: got good. you. It's, they had you against the ropes on Twitter, man. I want to see what they do now. <laughs> man. This is real. so. Hawk, let me give you my quick take.
0: My okay. my take on this, Nat, is that from my experience with four kids and like now being in the mommy world. You can never ever say anything about anybody else's kids because <laughs> no matter what you say you're wrong so I never say anything every right. time
4: Yeah but, exactly I'm like that's the worst group of people yeah. to go up against is moms don't oh, trigger yeah. the moms
2: Don't um, don't be judged Moms on moms Twitter moms. sounds like Just a terrifying Moms on Twitter
4: group. first of all on they're on Twitter, Twitter. Mom Twitter that's the, that's the first problem is you're coming at a 25 year old on Twitter so Oh Ooh.
0: wow fighting
4: back
0: <laughs> I love it Let's go no, So Mom, here's my my capstone. The irony is that you saw kids on their uh, their iPhones. And I go, and tweet. "What did she do? I know. You, you She ran to right to her iPhone. Your iPhone. You ran right to your social media page <laughs> yeah. to go complain about other people on their iPhones." Oh
1: my gosh! Would you look at these kids? <laughs> Would you look at those people over don't there. Know anything about human interaction anymore? Am I right?
4: And Where you know, I did, I did. I did think ahead. about that after, and I laughed about. it. I'm like, nice. you know, I just, I just tweeted. I just pulled out my own phone.
1: Nat,
2: so when gonna we see you out in public in Los Angeles on your phone. They're going to be like, hey, Nat, get off your phone. <laughs> just wait for it. Oh, I gonna can't have it, man. She's but it's a, it's
4: a circle. Everyone's going to go on their phone to talk about it. So yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Lunch, just so I could watch her pull her phone out, yell at her, and then leave the
4: middle
0: of the <laughs> lunch. <laughs> So, when we get together for our Tomahawk retreat, Hawk, you and me got to bring all of our kids, and then we're going to leave all seven with Nat in yep. a restaurant one night. Do it. Do it. See, nope. that, <laughs> no, Do
4: see
0: it. how quickly the cops are called.
4: I will take right. that challenge on.
0: Ooh, I <laughs> me and you will go get Mountain Dews. We'll go funnel Mountain Dews across the road <laughs> at the
1: bar. And... We'll give them to the kids before we we'll drop give them off.
3: The <laughs> Even better. Oh,
4: my Even God.
1: Oh. All right, let's wrap this up. All right, I think that does it for the Tomahawk Show, man. Listen, if, make sure you're interacting with us online, on Twitter, on Instagram at Tomahawk Show. Use the hashtag Tomahawk to send us your questions, comments, send us videos, send us thoughts, make fun of us—we don't care. Just interact. Uh, Thursday, we're looking to have a guest. He's up in the air right now. A lot going on in his life, so we'll let you know about that later on. Make sure you're checking out our DraftKings listener league. Winner wins seventy three sixteen. If you hit seventy three sixteen points, you win. $500 I was the closest to. Mm. Actually, I don't know if that's real or not. I'm just going to say it. Uh, also, subscribe. Rate five stars. Tell your family about it. We are at uh, our weekly downloads is right above 3000000 million. We're trying to hit the $5 million mark before mm. Christmas. So make sure you tell everyone you know. Joe, what are your final thoughts?
0: Yeah, my final thoughts are unsports-related this week. But I saw on social media Obama was in – florida he i think he was in miami and he went into a taco shop he was um canvassing for one of the uh democrats down there and i just thought to myself like the second he walked in they had like these reactions on twitter from people that were in there and they like went batshit crazy they lost their minds just seeing obama come into the taco shop and order a taco and i thought to myself like it doesn't matter who you are After you've been president, you're no longer a member of normal society, and you can never, ever, for the rest of your life, do anything normal in public. Yeah. It's like LeBron James, too, though. Right. No, exactly. Like, when you reach that celebrity status, you've completely lost – any sense of normalcy, but then as a society, we judge them for not like living these normal lives. Like, right. oh, that guy, he's got such expensive cars. Why do you need five Rolls Royces? Like, just be a
1: regular person. Right. But then
0: on the other hand,
1: as like, you walk in, I'm taking my phone out, taking a picture. Yeah, I'm, I'm like totally. I'm telling my, I'm telling my kids, like, hey, make sure you pull your camera out, kid. Stop <laughs> watching that show. Obama's <laughs> in here. Take, Obama's <laughs> here. Take a
3: picture. Oh, but yeah, that
0: was my thought. It was sort of a deep thought. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, I love it. Here we go. That does it for today's Tomahawk show. Babysit Nat. Take us out.
4: (laughs) Joe Hawk yourself.